In the following episode, I sit down with someone that identifies within the LGBTQ plus community and we sit down and have a discussion and conversation of certain topics and controversial things and things about identity. In this episode, we seek to bridge the gap and prove that although we are different, we are able to sit down and have a productive discussion out of curiosity to further understanding we do touch on topics such as early transitioning which may be hard for people to listen to and i don't necessarily advocate nor denounce whatever we talk about it's more of just opening the conversation uh as you will see further in the podcast we also talk about identity we talk about school and a bunch of other things that I think you will enjoy. Because at the end of the day, if we're able to stand together, regardless of how you identify, I think that that is the important thing to take out of this, is that we aren't so different in the sense that we are all people. We may identify as something different. We may want to be different. And we are, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't coexist and even be friends you know so i hope you guys enjoy all right i'm trying to think of things <laughs> damn we were talking so well before this i know so do what i'm actually interested about is i've never really heard about where you're from you don't have to say exactly where you're from what was it like growing up where you were from um are you curious as to like what it was like growing up like queer where I'm from or just like in general like what the vibe was? I think both because even if you weren't queer, I think that it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm from a city in Central Valley, California. Um, it wasn't like a really great place to grow up only because um, the demographic there didn't really like line up with like the person I am. It is a very there's there was a lot of like rich white people there the the population was like 50 percent rich white people 50 percent like lower class lower middle class hispanic people and it was like kind of sad because there was like a distinct line in, like in the city where you can like go and like it's like the obvious like you're crossing the threshold into like the poorer parts but i mean I personally grew up on the, like the the quote unquote nicer like wider side of town, so I was like socialized like with all these kinds of like privileged white people. Um, so yeah, growing up there, there wasn't a lot of diversity in terms of um, like queerness. Like I only knew like a handful of gay people. Luckily, like I met one of my 
my best friend who's my current roommate like we were both gay and like we met each other pretty early on like in middle school but there wasn't a lot of like queerness in the sense that like there was no like there were trans people and there were some non-binary people but those types of people were like weird and like they were bullied which is like not to say that they deserved to be bullied or anything but they were like kind of like there wasn't cool trans or gender queer people like they were like cringy like at the time yeah at the time they they were like the weird type to like i don't know and what year would you say this was Mm, i was in high school from years 2015 to 2019 and would you say at that time there was like a a surge of people figuring out their identity because of the not I don't want to say popularity because mm-hmm. it's not about that but kind of like um you're getting that information that there's other possibilities than the identity that you might not want to be in right yeah well I mean in high school at that point like I knew a lot about or I knew a good amount about like trans identities I didn't know a lot about non-binary identities just because I knew I was gay, so, like, I, and I knew that, like, people are people, so, like, I knew I wanted to support trans people at the time. So, yeah, in high school, there was, like, a decent, I had a decent amount of knowledge about trans people, but not so much about, like, I, I, at the time, what I knew was that trans meant, like, you're transitioning, at the time, this is what I believed, I believed it was, a transition is, like, from either man to woman, or woman to man, which is, that is a version of transitioning, but, like, that was the only version I had available in high school. And because of that, like, I didn't know I was trans at the time, because the way I am trans is not that, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't, I'm not transitioning from man to woman. I'm, like, a different version of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think we talked about it before, that it was more like, would you say mental transition? Yeah, I went through my transition. I I experienced, it was kind of like a spiritual slash mental transition. Like, I, I was reading... I I was taking, like, an intro to LGBT studies course, which is, like, so, like, cookie-cutter or whatever, but (laughs) I was, like, reading something... I I forget. I was reading something about, like, femininity and, like, how it is, like, opposed to masculinity, and, like, something in my, like, mind clicked. Okay, I remember. um, It was an article, like, about turning, like, the heteronormative world, which is, like, the the mainstream world, into... what we call it like queering it like queering as a verb which means like interpreting things as queer basically it's what that means is like taking heteronormative heteronormative things and putting them in like a queer world and once i started to i don't know if this makes sense but like once i started to understand that like there was a separate world outside of heteronorm the heteronormative once i like realized that that was a world I could enter and, like, view everything in the world around it through that lens. That was, like, the kind of transition I went through. Like, it was kind of just, like... Can you give an example of what you would say you took, like, a heteronormative aspect, right? And then you transferred into, like, a queer aspect? Yeah, I'd say um, one of, like, the heteronormative things that I realized I didn't have to subscribe to was, um, marriage and, like, 
as an institution because like growing up you or at least in america we're very socialized to like believe the idea that like we are going to grow up and like are gonna get married and have kids and like build a career around that and like at the time that seemed like the only option like that was that idea was like the heteronormative thing but once i started realizing i didn't have to do that like i don't have to get married i don't have to have kids that was like i guess the queer version of that belief if Mm. that makes sense yeah no definitely and i don't think you've said it so far um explicitly what what do you identify as uh i identify as transgender non-binary and i use they them pronouns nice and when would you say you started to realize that this was who you were because I'm assuming, and sorry if I'm assuming wrong, mm-hmm. growing up, right, um, you're taught that, like, oh, boys like girls, right? Yeah. Was there a point in your life where that was the case, and then you're all like, oh, I don't like girls, I like uh, guys or a person? Yeah. Are you asking right now about my sexuality or about my gender or both? I guess when you realize that you're, uh, when you realize you didn't like the other sex, if that's the case with you. Well, I first realized my sexuality, that I was gay, it was, like, in fourth grade. It was, I don't know, I was just, like, having thoughts about, like, this other boy in one of my classes, and then, like, I realized I was, like, feeling a specific, like, type of way about that boy. Um, And that was, like, a really scary thought to me at the time because, like, in my head at that point as a child, I believed that, like, oh being gay is like weird not that it was necessarily wrong but i knew that being gay was going to put me as an outcast in the world so it was it was scary accepting that idea but i mean i eventually had to accept it over time and then i never i never came out as gay in high school um because i feel like i didn't really need to i think it was like kind of implied because about the time i entered high school like i guess even though, like, I guess trans and, like, queerness wasn't as understood, I feel like being gay was, like, a very relatively accepted thing. Not necessarily um, fully respected by everyone type of thing, but it was, like, it wasn't the type of thing where I would, like, could I, I would be gay and then someone would want to, like, harm me because I'm gay. Yeah, because I would say it wasn't new by that point, right? Yeah, being gay, at least to the heteronormative world is not like a new thing like everyone knows gay people exist and like it's pretty much well accepted that like i'd say from this might be a privileged perspective but i would say that gay the idea of gayness just being like a cisgender gay person is like pretty accepted across like most parts or i would say so because they passed the um in the Supreme Court when they went to, um, was it either overturn or accept like gay marriage across the yeah. whole United States? Yeah, I forget what it was. I, I do remember that. But it's funny that I say that because now I'm thinking about how they're like trying to overturn that. Yeah. So it's like, is gayness as accepted as it as I believe it is? And I think the only reason I believe or we believe it's so accepted is because we live in California, like Santa Barbara. Like it's a pretty like left slash blue leaning place. But we have no idea what being gay is like in like i don't know like arkansas or something yeah yeah interesting yeah but that was like that's more how i came to terms with my sexuality i didn't realize i didn't come to terms with my gender identity until college 
when see i have trouble um distinguishing those two sometimes because i don't really understand or i don't really separate them because when you asked earlier you're like oh do you, do you mean my sexuality <laughs> i kind of just it goes like hand in hand like oh like in my mind right because yeah. that's that's all i know totally right like i'm like oh i'm a guy i like girls but you see how you separated it and i didn't understand that's really interesting in yeah. itself yeah that's kind of how we were talking about earlier how it's hard for me to we were talking about this off the podcast, but it was cha- it's challenging for me to like see myself, my queerness from like a from like I don't from know from a heteronormative yeah. perspective. Like I said, like there's like a different world that I think you and I like we live in different worlds. Not that that's like a bad thing or yeah. anything. It's just because of like the nature of like who I am versus mm-hmm. the nature of who you are. I don't think that separates us by any means. But um, to explain that. Sexuality and gender are very intrinsic and connected to each other, but at the same time, they coexist separately from one one another. So, like, one can, like, choose their gender identity, but their gender identity isn't necessarily tied to what their um, sexuality is, like... I don't know if that makes sense, but like... I think it does. Like, if you were transgender, if you went from male to female, but you still liked females, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, one way I can explain it, this is like a concept that like, I think is very, it, it could be controversial, but like, it's something that, I don't know, I understand. But say like a person who is born as a woman, as when they were living as a, when she was, when they, sorry, when they were living as a woman they identified as a lesbian because they liked women. But when they transitioned to a man, they now identify as a man and that's their gender identity. But because they already identified as a lesbian before the transition, that's like a label that they have already claimed and they don't necessarily need to let it go. So in that sense, this is like a trans man identifying as a lesbian because sexuality labels aren't so much like at least my understanding of them is that like you can kind of just claim like whatever sexuality you want as long as like it feels right to you you know like when a person who's born as a man transitions to a woman and she only chooses to date men that doesn't necessarily mean that she has to identify as straight you know just because she's a woman liking a man like if she identified as gay and she wants to keep identifying as gay that then that's her thing to choose it's not like a sexuality isn't like a you have you are this and you like this so therefore you are this you know and that's kind of like an all-encompassing idea around queerness is that you kind of just get to choose like literally whatever you want and you you don't have to subscribe to the ideals created by the heteronormative world and where do you find this information like so when you were trying to figure out who you were in your identity where did you go to to find this knowledge a lot of queer information is passed down by queer people um for me a lot of this kind of information i took a lot of um like i'm i'm an lgbt studies minor at ucsb so i took a lot of like gender related classes um 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much kind of conversations like this talking to someone, which is like how information like this gets transferred because there is a lot of, I guess, like empirical information you could read about gender and sex and stuff like that, but it's kind of hard to understand because how complex it is versus how it is like right now, like talking one-on-one to a person. Yeah. Yeah, because this is like very intimate and also they those studies take time right so mm-hmm. they might be a little bit behind yeah and yeah pretty much and everyone has different perspectives right like mm-hmm. like you have a different perspective than maybe someone else in the community right yeah that yeah that's a big thing in the community too because my perspective of queerness is that you can just make it whatever you want it's literally whatever it is but there are a lot of people in the community who like believe like trans is only man to woman woman to man and like if you are this then you identify as gay if you are this you identify as lesbian like there's so there's even disagreements within the community but i guess it just depends on like how each person individually was like raised into their own sexuality slash gender identity and like for me this is all my from my own experience um and this is what i believe but this isn't necessarily what this other person what this other trans person what this other gay person isn't going to believe and that's fine Mm -hmm. have you ever been judged by the community because i mean i hope you don't take offense to this but if let's say i didn't know you and i saw you i would assume like maybe you're a male yeah do you ever get judged by the trans community that people that have transitioned or are they like open and happy i personally haven't like in my own experience like been um attacked or like insulted by any like trans member of the community but there are i do know like a decent amount of um trans people who like are kind of like that where like they believe like there's this one um drag queen who i watched on the show called it's like a drag show it's called dragula but She's a trans woman and she's, I forget what the term is. Maybe it's like trans purist, but she's a trans woman who like believes that like, if you aren't a trans, trans from like man to woman or woman to man, then you aren't, then she believes like you, yeah. you aren't trans. It's like black and white. You're either, you, you are, you are, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, to me, that's like a very like, like, I don't personally believe that view. I, I think it's very limiting. And I think in a sense that view is still subscribing to heteronormative standards that I have chosen not to subscribe to, but I don't know. It, that's her experience, I guess. I, I think it's fine for anyone within or with or outside of the community to have their own opinions about things, but obviously the line gets drawn when, or I have to draw the line when they start getting, they start making other people feel bad or like attacking other people for their beliefs if that makes sense. Yeah, I do understand because I feel like what you're saying is that you could have different opinions to like boost yourself up, but when you're like doing that by knocking someone down, that's when it's like, oh, like, you know, that's not not what this is supposed to be. Like, this is supposed to be a safe space, right? Yeah. I'm assuming. Exactly. And like, that's a problem for me within the community because it's like, we already are all minorities under like, under the patriarchy under like heteronormativity under like the mainstream world like we are the minority so it's like why are we fighting within when we when we should be just like 
embracing, yeah, yeah, embracing teaming up together because if the less we fight like within the community, the more we can team up to fight outside the community. Not like fight. But, no, I get you. Know. you. Like fight against people that kind of like bigots. I, don't, I know it's yeah. like an overused word and yeah. stuff, but like people that kind of just hate on people for no reason. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's like to draw another example of like how that is happening right now and like when we're recording this but um there was a, a ban on drag in tennessee that just recently happened and um obviously like a lot of like people in the queer community like love drag and like but there's been a lot of infighting within the community like in response to that because people are saying um people are trying to hold other gay people like f- famous gay people accountable for not like doing what they could for example um a lot of people are like trying to attack rupaul who's like is a very famous drag queen um saying that like she needs to like be doing more to like speak out against this drag ban but in my perspective it's like why are we like directing our energy towards someone within the community when we could be directing this kind of energy towards like the actual problem yeah yeah and even if they did say something it's kind of that's legislative things you know it's not like if they say something i'm sure they could maybe bring noise to it but yeah it goes beyond that it's like people voted on that right like yeah and that's the thing it's kind of like a a social media type of um headspace to be in where like you you want to hold um like famous people slash celebrities you want them to make the change for you because like you think because they have a platform they can make the change but but in reality like they can't do it all on themselves like we need to do it together and like vote or like do whatever i don't know (laughs) yeah and in this class that i'm in right now it's funny we were talking about culpability which is like blame Mm -hmm. people always want someone to blame yeah it's so interesting yeah and it's it's like frustrating and even then even right now i'm participating in that because i'm blaming like these people who are blaming others but um i don't know it, it's just i guess a frustrating cycle to just like watch everyone like being capable of making change that we just start like blaming each other versus banding up together you know yeah so people like to group like the kind of queer community into one right like they do the lgbtq Mm -hmm. would you say that that community embraces like solidarity or do you think within it there's even kind of struggles of of if they want that because i've heard like i don't know that like sometimes or maybe specific people like gay people Mm -hmm. maybe don't want to be um put together with trans or queer people I, i've heard yeah. that a lot i'm not trying to be mean no but like, that's that's right accurate yeah so how, how, how do you feel about that um i mean it kind of goes back to this like that idea of like infighting it's like there definitely is a, a lot of that where like a lot of like cisgender mean cisgender meaning like you identify with the sex you were assigned at birth like so if you're born a, a male then you identify as a man and, and likewise with female, but, um, anyways, so cisgender gay men in the community, like, there is a, a lot of dis- disdain towards them from, like, queer identifying people, like, such as myself, um, and that's because 
cisgender people have a privilege that we don't have. Like, a cisgender gay man can, like, go out to a store and no one is going to know if he's gay or not. Or, sorry. Yeah, no one's going to know if he's gay by the way he dresses or presents. Maybe, like, his voice or whatever. Versus, like, if a trans woman goes out to a store, like, she's very, like... It's obvious to the world that that is a trans woman. And because of that, there is a little bit of disdain towards cisgender people because they have that, like, they, they are more accepted in society than, like, queer slash trans people are. Um, and yeah, I do hold that kind of disdain, but it's not like, like, I still, like, I'm still gay. I still identify as gay. So it's like, I'm not, like, I don't hate cis gay people you know but to answer your question there is is it from both sides like do gay people not want to be kind of in that and do you guys see like you said there's disdain because or were you saying that gay people have the disdain or were you saying trans people have disdain because uh cis people could kind of blend in if yeah yeah it's definitely um there's two sides to that i was explaining that queer people have disdain towards gay people but on the other side there, I don't, I can't, I don't know, I definitely have read something, I'm, I'm bad at, like, recalling sources or anything, but there is, um, there was points during, like, the, like, gay queer civil rights movement that, like, gay people thought that, like, having trans people on their side was just holding them back and, like, preventing them from getting, like, the change they needed, so basically they were, they were, like, blaming the more oppressed people for like um they were blaming them for why they couldn't for why gay people couldn't like reach equality you know so it's definitely on, on both sides um yeah there is a lot of th that still exists on both sides to these to this day but i mean at least right now for me i don't surround myself with those kinds of people so that's really all, all i can say about that yeah, because generally, uh, kind of seeing you from the outside, I'm like, this person's like a happy person. They don't really seem to carry too much stress, at least from what I could see. I'm like, oh, this person's like happy. They seem to be optimistic about life and things. So Yeah, I'm very, I'm a very privileged queer person in the sense that I have faced, faced very few... Um, trials and tribulations because of my sexuality or gender identity in the sense that when I go out in public like I'm not really scared of like getting hate crimed or anything um because I haven't really in the fort before like the first time I ever like felt attacked for my sexuality happened last year some dude like um said like oh i don't understand we do, can, am you i going to say, say yeah. okay <laughs> i mean you're allowed to say yeah. <laughs> um some dude said like oh i don't understand like why we have faggot month or like something like that yeah and he said it like to me while i was working register and that was like the first time i think in my life where like a stranger had like just like said something like i don't know hateful towards me and like yeah that's been the one experience obviously um I do, I do carry some fear, like, going out in public spaces, like, when I'm dressed, like, feminine or, like, dressed differently, but, yeah, going back to what I was originally saying, I am, I am privileged in the sense that, right now, at least, I'm not as fearful 
as I guess other queer people have to be like like a like a a trans woman this is just a random example but like a trans woman living in like Tennessee or a drag queen living in Tennessee like they have they live in fear like going out in public versus like I have the privilege of not having to do that yeah that guy was crazy you, you know you got yeah, a band right that dude sucked i know well, I'm, he's just crazy I, I used to work at another place and he used to come through the drive-thru and make all the women feel uncomfortable that guy so was whack. loony yeah. yeah he got banned and apparently like he got into like a yelling match with, like i miss both days but yeah i miss him yeah all right so oh the next thing i was gonna say um would you feel comfortable Talking about not your brother per se, but like, what's it like growing up with a, a brother that is gay, and you're also in the community? What was that like, or do you not feel comfortable talking about? That? I feel comfortable talking <laughs> about it. It's just like an there's a lot to unpack there, which is why I'm like kind of laughing right now. Um, so growing up with my older sibling, I'll beep that out. <laughs> oh my bad no I, I could beep it out or i'll just mute it same with okay yeah um yeah so growing up with my older sibling they i kind of knew that they were gay just because like it was kind of obvious at least to everyone like they were like blasting like Nicki minaj they were like liking all these like feminine shows and being like like that one point they had like really long like hair and like everyone just like like knew but me and my older sibling at the time had a very bad relationship with one another in that I held a lot of resentment towards them for reasons unrelated to like my sexuality it was just like growing up like what our circumstances were um and I didn't know they were gay until well they actually identify as bisexual but I didn't know that they were bisexual, and I found out when I was in high school because they, like, tweeted it, um, and then one of my friends showed me. So, yeah, my older sibling never came out to me specifically, but, I mean, I, I knew about it, and, like, yeah, and then one time when I was a sophomore in high school, I got really, really, really drunk at a party. It was so awful. Oh, my God. But, yeah, um... I was really drunk. It was my, one of my first times getting drunk. I had a Four loco. It was so bad. But um, You know those are banned now? Are they banned? Yeah, I think they're discontinued. There's no way because I went to International Market and IV last night and there was hella oh, Four Locos. no way. Yeah. Or maybe the, there was a certain ingredient or a mm. certain amount of whatever because those used to mess you up. Yeah, they're vile. Oh, my God. But yeah, so I drank a whole Four loco and I was like super like blocked out drunk and I called my older sibling and I like came out to them. I was like, I'm gay. Um, and then they were like, okay, well, I'll talk to you in the morning. And then... Yeah, we never really talked about it after that, but it was basically we were just confirming to each other that we both knew that we were both gay. And, like, yeah, it didn't really impact me in any way, I guess. There was a weird part of me that felt, like, resentful because it was like, oh, like, I wanted to be the only gay one. Like, I don't know. But I don't really care now. And, and we didn't really talk about our sexualities and, and stuff until we started getting closer in college. Nice. Are you in the, are you the first person in your family to go to college or were your family members also, uh, college people? Mm, my mom went to community college, but she dropped out 
And then I don't think any of my grandparents went to college. I might have cousins who have gone to college. I really have no idea, but... Your immediate family, it's you? Yeah, I mean, to my... To my knowledge, I am the first one in my immediate family slash parts of my extended family to go to a university and graduate and like finish and graduate from university. And what has your experience like been at UCSB? Is it okay if we say UCSB or do you want me to block I don't that care. out? Yeah, it's up to you. Perfect. <laughs> UCSB. Um, as a person and as a trans person, mm-hmm. how has it been? Yeah. Mm, on one hand, I'm grateful for UCSB because it was through the classes at UCSB that I was able to learn about my gender identity and like learn about like the gender binary and like all that, blah, 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 blah. Granted, I could have found that information literally anywhere else. So it's like they don't deserve all the credit there. But um, it's all right, I guess. Like UCSB is very much a school that like it's reflective of Santa Barbara itself and that like it's full of people who are accepting and like present as accepting and they like they try their best but they're not fully the people aren't as um understanding of like queerness and like aren't they still uphold a lot of norms that aren't queer inclusive if that makes sense for example like Whenever we're doing, like, I've had many, like, classroom experiences where, like, if I wasn't in a fem studies class, or even in one fem studies class, but whatever, where when we're introducing ourselves, like, I would be the first one introducing myself with my pronouns, and, like, once I started doing it, everyone was like, oh, shit, like, I, I, I need to do that, too. And, like, another example being, like, at work, most customers, most co-workers who don't know that I, gen- I identify with they, them pronouns, they just assume um that I am a male and I or that I'm a man and that I use he him pronouns versus like I guess more understanding parts of the world of California would be mindful of like using like San Francisco yeah San Francisco (laughs) or like LA they would be more mindful of like using gender neutral pronouns before they like know or like even meeting people they ask what your pronouns are yeah so it's like it's not bad but it could be a lot better and because of that there's not a huge queer scene at ucsb or in santa barbara so because of that it's hard for me to imagine a life here for myself um and i have made plenty of queer friends but it's a very limited pool like i'm pretty like i probably know like every Okay, I don't actually, like, this is an exaggeration, but, like, I pretty much know every queer person in, like, Isla Vista, you know? Yeah, that makes sense, because there's other places that have literally um, LGBTQ-dedicated bars, right? Or, like, hangout spots. Yeah, there's no gay bars in Santa Barbara. It sucks. I mean, Crush Bar is a lesbian-owned bar, but it's not, like, fun or gay or cute or anything. And then Wildcat has, like, drag brunch Sundays, but it's, like, and there's gay nights, but it's, like... That's the one thing we have. There's no, like, dedicated gay bar where they play, like, good gay music, stuff like that. So, yeah. Interesting. Why do you think people are afraid to have discussions like this? Like, I'm sure there's people 
that identify within the same community, like the LGBTQ community and the heterosexual, heteronormative heteronormative community, right? I've seen a lot of conversations happening on this side of like heteronormative, Mm -hmm. them talking, and then the LGBTQ. I haven't heard a lot, but I'm assuming there's conversations, right, of of um like this experience mm-hmm. why do you think it doesn't there's n- no facilitation of discussion with the both parties or like you know people from different communities mm, i don't know like i would say on from my perspective because the worlds are so different, like the queer world versus the heteronormative. Maybe on the queer side, it's like hard to even like want to like relate or like fit into the heteronormative world. And because of that, like they're not as interested in facilitating discussions. And then on the heteronormative side, they probably are less hesitant to engage in that kind of conversation because it's so different from what they know. And it's so, it might be uncomfortable or it might just be like not worth like knowing for them yeah and i think the reason i was so interested in it is because before you i had no friends that were in this community i think i've i i knew gay people but never a trans person Mm -hmm. and that made me more curious and the reason being is because i was like this person's not that different from me we might like identify differently but i don't know we have like the same humor we Mm -hmm. like to talk and it's it's a good time and i'm like wow if i could have a connection with um this person that identifies this way like what are we missing out on like yeah you know and i I didn't know anything about it like you guys have all these sayings you guys um are you people or you can say you guys in my opinion see this is so so (laughs) difficult sometimes well i'm not being hateful but because you people also sounds kind of yeah okay you people's funny because it just sounds like you're just like you people yeah exactly it, it varies. I say you guys is like gender. I don't really that, care. That's what I... Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's accepted some places. Some people don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. So is it okay if I just for this mean say you guys? Yeah, that's true. I don't care. Cool. So, yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, this person's drinking funny. Like, I don't hang out with a lot of people. But when I think about friends, I'm like, this person's my friend. Yeah. You know? Because, again, our humor's very similar we have um, a lot of the same interests in school mm-hmm. and stuff. And we like to talk. We like to, like... Yeah, we have a dynamic. Yeah, go beyond the means of normal things, you know? Yeah. Um. Oh, and earlier, you were saying that sometimes you are misidentified. How does that make you feel? Because I've seen that happen, but I don't see a reaction from you. You kind of just brush it off. Whereas <laughs> I have seen other people, like, kind of go off on people and be like, hey, like, I don't identify. And they're kind of, like responding with emotion like of anger but i've seen you maybe it's on the inside yeah um it's it's a thing that it varies from person to person um for me i think i've just gotten so used to it that i don't know i've identified as what like trans non-binary for maybe like two or three years now so at this point i'm kind of used to it so when it happens i'm like whatever but um it does kind of suck but for me personally i take ownership over people misgendering me because i am not as comfortable correcting people just because i am a very non-confrontational person and like i guess i have some learning to do about standing up for my gender identity 
it doesn't so for so for that reason when people like misgender me i just i just think they don't know like it's not their fault they're not doing it on purpose and i'm comfortable with that idea but for other people who are less comfortable with that idea they might be taking it as um as disrespectful intentionally to them which it could be it very well could be because people do misgender people on purpose but at least for me, I understand for the most part when I get misgendered. It's if they're an older person, I'm like they're it's they're not gonna get it. Like it's whatever. Versus and like if it's someone who I haven't explicitly explained my gender identity to, I don't take it that personally because it's like okay, this person like me was socialized into like a heteronormative world, and because of that, they don't think to use gender neutral pronouns for someone they just met or like ask their pronouns. So I'm, I'm, I guess for me, I'm understanding of that, but but you do want to be more abrasive at times. Yeah, not so much abrasive, but more like assertive. It it, it could that's be- the word. It, yeah. yeah, it could benefit me, but at the same time, it's not that deep because this is gonna sound like whatever. But it's like the kind of people who aren't being mindful of that kind of stuff who who aren't asking questions like you it's like well i mean those aren't really the the, the, ty- the types of people that i necessarily want to force myself to associate with yeah you it's know? like why even say anything to them if like i'm just gonna have this one interaction with them yeah and they're not gonna care either way and even if i did they might just like do it on purpose then and then that would really yeah. be hurtful you know yeah and also sometimes when you explain it to people then this is a me thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to ask questions, but it can be kind of exhausting to have to explain this kind of stuff to people who you don't really like care enough to explain to about, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense because I feel like when I ask you questions, like super genuine, I'm like super curious, I'm your friend, yeah. but I get it if like someone's just like, oh, what does this mean? Like, yeah. you know, like you're some dictionary in this yeah. freaking... Uh, field you know yeah yeah that's like another that's a, a common a, a common sentiment held by like trans slash gender queer people is that like sometimes we just hate having to be the the dictionary like the explanation like the, the example you know like sometimes like why can't we just like be ourselves you know like why do we have to go through this chore of like teaching all of this stuff to other people because it's like oh, I already taught myself all this stuff. Like, why can't you educate yourself? But that goes back to kind of what we were saying earlier. It's like, y'all don't have the resources. I haven't had the experience to educate yourself. So I guess on our part, it is important to be mindful of that. And you kind of become an ambassador. Yeah, yeah. Which for some people, they don't want to be an ambassador, you know. But at the same time, it's like, you're not going to make change unless you talk to people about it. But... At least for me right now, I'm just like, I don't, like, I'm not trying to do all that. Like, I'll answer, like, obviously I'll answer, like, your questions because you're my friend, but, um, yeah, I don't, just because who I am as a person, like, unrelated to my gender identity, unrelated to my sexuality and, like, my queerness, I am just, like, not the type of person who, like, likes, is, who's very assertive or who likes explaining things to people, you know, and it's like, that's just who I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because... I feel like I'm the type of person that doesn't commit or to something unless I know. And not that I was being 
stubborn, but I, I just didn't know anything about this community. And I think that's what really helped me understand and want to learn more is having a friend that was in this community because mm-hmm. obviously I cared for you. So I was like, I need to know more about this person. And that's why I like shoot you a bunch of little questions. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think, they're, I think it's appropriate to ask your friends questions like that. It, it can just become a little annoying if it's like not someone you know that well or if it's like i don't know and i feel like that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about people not having these conversations because then people kind of act dumb because they're they're intimidated by talking to you they're like oh uh so what does this mean you know as opposed to like knowing how to facilitate it in a in a in the right way right yeah it's interesting it's kind of like a a weird self-fulfilling cycle where like the person the the queer person doesn't want to explain things and because of that they might present like abrasive to like a straight person and because of that the straight people feel too scared to ask questions and because of that no knowledge is getting like spread so i would say the importance of like getting this kind of information spread is is like a two-sided thing where like queer people need to just like suck it up and just like exp- like just do just explain things and then straight people slash hetero or whatever um need to be less afraid of like offending someone yeah know? and i think with conversations like this it kind of opens up the conversation to have uh questions and to have answers right yeah so this is kind of gonna be like a maybe deeper discussion mm-hmm. Have you heard of the documentary, What is a Woman? I haven't. Well, basically, it's this guy that goes to different parts of the community, of the LGBT community, and he's just, like, bashing them with questions (laughs) like, what is a woman? And basically, he's kind of just trying to discredit them, it seems like. He's, like, going up to them, kind of baiting them. That's what it looks like from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you feel when you see things like that or you hear things on that front that is so funny because literally i was on youtube reels also which is so lame youtube reels whatever but um it was and i was already YouTube mad. shorts actually yeah youtube shorts <laughs> i was already pissed because the idea of youtube shorts already makes me mad because it's like it's youtube why do we need a tiktok version of youtube whatever i was mindlessly scrolling through that and then a video like that came up it was like i don't know if it was the example you're thinking of but this person was like asking these like I'm assuming queer people like, oh, like, what is a woman to you? And then the people were like explaining it. And all of the comments were just like, like kind of bashing on like the queer people like, oh, like, um, that's so stupid. Like, what does this world come to? Like that type of stuff. And like literally seeing that and like having that like recommended to me on YouTube shorts pissed me off. So I like literally reported it and I was like, I don't want to see this. So I guess to answer your question, um, it's just an, it's annoying. That kind of stuff is annoying because it is media that is portrayed as opening a discussion, but it's like clearly you're skewing the discussion to make a mockery of a community. Um, and that type of stuff I don't like. Even on the reverse side, like I don't like the idea of like a liberal, like, interviewer like going up to conser- like owning conservatives by like asking them questions like that's stupid like it's not a discussion if you aren't going into it with wanting to actually learn about the other person's perspective you know like when you're asking someone 
condescending questions. It's literally just you being condescending and it's you wanting to like, for some reason, establish dominance over another group. So yeah. Yeah. Like a got you moment or something. Yeah. It's like so dumb, but I guess that's what like social media, like a lot of social media like revolves around stuff like that, especially like political social media, but whatever. Also, I wanted to, uh, this is another controversial topic, right? What are your thoughts and feelings about early transitionhood, if that's the correct way to say it? Like in childhood or what? Yeah, like I know in Canada now it it has become a law, I believe, that if a child, I don't know what age, I, I think the person in this case was thir- 14 or 13 and they transitioned and uh, it was like people were super mad about it, yeah. at least in the United States. I don't know if in Canada they just have to but basically like how do you feel about that when they're that young that's so funny you asked that because this is so crazy to me okay like I said earlier the place where I'm from is like very like right-leaning like not accepting of the ideas but I went to school with someone who transitioned in the third grade like yeah transitioned from um, a side male at birth and now she identifies as a woman and like it was such, like, it, it's funny, like, looking back at it now, because I was in third grade, that was such, like, a groundbreaking concept. Obviously, like, she got really bullied by everyone. Like, I'm sure I was, like, saying mean things about her, too, because, like, you know, we're all socialized to, like, think that that's stupid. But, um, I guess my early, my opinion of early transitioning, it's, like, it's hard for me to comment on that, personally, because I didn't transition until... I was an adult where I could like form my own opinion. I would say I just, it's important to just let kids do what they want, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I have an opinion on like medical transition at a young age, because that can be kind of, I think that's what I meant when I'm, yeah. Um, then in that case, because that's usually something you can't change, right? usually like if you from male to female you can't yeah hmm. what i what i explained to this person that i was like oh I'm, I'm gonna maybe bring this topic up and they asked me how i felt about it i was like honestly it's kind of similar to the, the abortion laws is like i'm not a woman in in the abortion law case so i mean i, I don't really have a say same yeah. with the like this transitioning i'm not a person that like identifies within that community so for me to say anything would be ignorant because I, I just don't know enough, you know? Like, yeah. From the outside looking in, it's really easy, right? To be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it's wrong. But then if you really think about it, like, you, you're not knowledgeable in that field, right? Yeah, totally. I think my opinion at the end of the day is, like, every parent is going to, like, raise their kid how they're going to want to raise their kid. And it's like... If they want to do that with their child, I guess it's and it's not. I highly doubt in any of these cases that a parent is forcing is forcing transitionhood onto their kids. I'm sure it's like the kid expressing it, but I don't know. It's like if the kid wants it, then I think parents should be allowed to give their kids that option. I don't necessarily believe that there should be like legislative um, laws or rules against it because. I don't know, like, why? Why should we have, like, like, if a kid medically transitions, it's not like, 
the kid is going to be like psychological. It's not, I wouldn't consider that like child abuse or like psychologically like abusing or anything, but yeah, I don't know. Well, thank you for answering that question. Cause I know that's like a difficult question to answer. Yeah. So I just want to thank you mm-hmm. off the bat. Cause a lot of people kind of dodge that. And the only reason I brought it up, like I'm not within the community, but the only reason I brought it up is because when there's issues, um, and you don't talk about it, you're not going to get anything out of it. You're not going to be able to discuss it. And it just goes nowhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, I didn't even have an opinion about that until, like, you started bringing it. And once I started talking about it and thinking about it, that was when I realized I could form an opinion about it. So, yeah. Just to show. Yeah, Yeah. wow, talking to people is crazy. Yeah. And again, it's a tricky subject because I'm, like, I'm heteronormative. So, to even bring that up and uh, to say that... But again, it's like, I don't have, I can't really have an opinion in the sense of what to do because I'm not in that community. Yeah. So. I mean, as long as people respect that, then that's yeah. chill. It's like, yeah. it's the same concept of like, men in politics, like trying to have, trying to enforce legislation against women's reproductive rights. It's like, why do you care? Like, you aren't a woman, like, so, like why do you feel like you have some sort of like entitlement to like making decisions about like what they can do with their bodies, you know? But I mean, that's like a whole other topic, but yeah. So how do you think other people within the LGBT LGBTQ community would feel if they listened to this podcast? Do you think they would be like, Oh, this was cool. Or do you think they'd be like, Oh, that was kind of weird because you know, he's not experienced within the field or the community Mm. or it could be wherever it yeah it's probably gonna vary from person to person um i'm sure i at least how i would perceive it is like it's cool that queer people and like straight people can have peaceful conversations like this i think it's a cool example and a cool precedent to set but so yeah, I think hopefully people would like take this as a sign that like, oh wait, we can coexist and like the way we could learn to coexist is by like having conversations like this, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I could also argue that at least this type of podcast is going to be more informational for straight people than it is for queer people, you know. Um just because all the stuff I'm talking about about queerness, like, I'm sure most queer people who have come into their queerness in the way I have, like, already know all of this, you know, but. Yeah. Well, you might be helping someone that's, you know, maybe in high school or junior high that is thinking about. Yeah, that would be cool. If, yeah. if you are um, in junior high or, like, younger. Okay, that's the thing. It's becoming, what I appreciate is that, like, gender and queer identities are becoming more normalized and accepted and it's like it's so interesting seeing it leak into like high school and like middle school type situations like i don't know i know of people who went to my high school like who are now publicly like identifying as like they them or like gender queer pronouns um so i don't know i think it's cool and i think it's interesting that like to see the generation or generations below me like are able to explore themselves at an earlier age than i was able to so i think that's cool but yeah i guess hopefully some of this information may help 
some people who are in in less accepting communities or are less educated about like what queerness could be hopefully it could like help that type of person you know yeah so where do you see this movement going mm. or where would you like to see it go? <laughs> i mean ideally i would just like to imagine a world where all of the preconceived notions of gender and sexuality and all of these heteronormative structures don't aren't as enforced as they are now so like like i can imagine i don't know how likely it is or if it's going to take a lot of time probably but i can imagine futures where like i don't know everyone is just okay with identifying how they want to identify gender or sexuality wise and it's just like a thing that's like chill like like i don't know it's not like like i it would be cool to see a world where like you don't have to come out as gay where it's or just trained. normal yeah where it's just like oh like maybe you're like a teenager and like oh wait i think i'm a girl and then everyone's like oh cool you're a girl now and it's like it's not like a big thing where you are it, uh, it i will it a world where um it's normalized enough that it's not as difficult as a process as it is right now another another controversial thing that just popped into my head how do you feel about transgender people in sports if you're comfortable talking about it, you don't have to but that that was like a big thing last year. Yeah, that with is with the Leah Thomas thing. Yeah, that is a highly controversial topic, and I definitely hear both sides of the argument, which is interesting because I don't know. It's hard. You you don't you don't even have to say anything. Yeah, if I'm you not, don't feel comfortable. I'm not sure if I have like because you don't play sports, do you? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like whenever people talk about this stuff, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm not yeah. watching the Olympics. I'm not playing sports. But I don't know. It's it's hard because I definitely hear the argument that regardless of your gender identity, if you were born a male, like you have a male body and therefore are a little have a benefit or have an advantage over a female body, unfortunately, like, in terms of, like, physical strength, that kind of stuff. Um, so I hear that side of the argument because it could become unfair, but also I hear the side that, obviously, like, people should be able to identify with the categories they want to identify. But, yeah, I have no idea where that argument is going to go. Um, and this is, like, my conceited perspective but it's just like i don't play sports i don't give a fuck about watching sports i'm just like let's focus our energy on something else but that's kind of unfair to trans people who want to play sports but yeah. it's like i mean whatever you're the one you Cause, figured it out because again we, i mean you're not speaking for everyone you're this is your experience of yeah. course that that's why we like in the beginning you said like you're talking about this through your experience not necessarily anyone else so yeah if you don't care about sports that's you know that's yeah. your opinion you know yeah totally so it's like that one is a controversial discussion point and i definitely understand why it's controversial and because of that and because i hear both sides i've kind of i've formed a neutral opinion about it 
but I'm not willing to invest myself further because I don't care like about sports. That's how I feel about most things here. It's like I I understand both sides, but I'm like I just I neutralize myself. Does it does that is yeah. that the right word? Like yeah. I, I'm very neutral because then if you're more leaning towards one side, you're obviously gonna have like a lot of bias. Yeah. So I try to like just being like oh, just like asking you questions as opposed to like kind of telling my side or whatever. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, another interesting thing. So would you? Are you Latino? Yeah, I'm half mexican see that was the issue right there i was about to say (laughs) in 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 those terms how would you feel like you identified yourself because would you say ellos and ellas or yeah because even ellos is yeah is a masculine that's an interesting sorry for for saying like no no i was like trying to figure it out and then it just came out latino is fine and really there are a lot of um Latino, Latinx, I don't know. Oh, Latino you would say people. that. Yeah, but, but some people don't like that, the, right? Yeah, the thing is, Latinx is, that term Latinx is kind of like a white or like non-Hispanic or Latino. Latino term, which is interesting because, I don't know. My thing is like, how do I explain this? The Spanish language is literally built around, like... Feminine and masculine. Yeah, feminine and masculine. And, um, I don't know, as someone who, like, I don't know, I really... I don't know, I'm proud of my Mexican heritage. I'm like, I I rep that. Um, I personally, like, want to honor that part of, like, our language and, like... um, the thing is, like, Mexican as a culture um, is very, like, masculine-leaning. Um, and because of that, stuff like this, like, masculine being the dominant, like, in the language is normalized. But I don't think it's necessarily something worth challenging for non-binary people, you know? Because I, I would say people who say... Chicanx, Latinx, that type stuff. Mostly, this might be a broad, incorrect claim, but I would say those people are mostly not people who grew up with the language and learned how it, I don't know, and became comfortable with it. Which is funny because it's not like I, like, influent in Spanish or, like, grew, like, I'm Mexican, but I'm very, like, Americanized and, like, kind of separated from it. But, um... I don't know. I think we should just let the people who, like, we should just honor the language itself and, like, not try to change it, you know? Because when you say Latinx or Chicanx, you're saying it through, like, an English perspective and, like, with an English accent, you know, versus, like, I don't know. It's not normal for that language, so it's, like, why change that, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if that means sense. No, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. How how do you think you would fare if you were born in Mexico as opposed to here and you had the same identity? It would it would be tough because machismo is a real thing in Mexican culture. Obviously, um, femininity is far less valued and respected in Mexican culture. Um, 
I probably would be way less in depth of my gender identity if I like was born in Mexico and grew up in Mexico because like you're only allowed to explore like what the conditions you were raised in allow you to explore and I just don't think um being raised in that like kind of culture would allow me to explore my feminine side as much as I have now. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think your experience like if you had a whole different experience, do you think you would ultimately also identify as you identify now or do you think because of different experiences you might not have and that's kind of just dumb it's like a hypothetical i mean this is i mean that's not a dumb question i think it's like reflective of it's kind of the question of nature versus nurture um like was i born like with my gender identity or was i like socialized through it and created through like the culture i was raised in um I probably in a in a situation where I wasn't raised how I wasn't raised, I probably wouldn't identify the same way because because gender is a social construct and it's something we learn like through um it's just something it's like a construct that like we've created and it's something we learn from like observing other people. Um because of that if I wasn't exposed to the things about gender that I was exposed to. I probably wouldn't have developed a similar idea of what gender is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my opinion about stuff like that is like, because gender is such a socialized thing that like, it's actually, it, I, I took a class that like kind of debated, um, is queerness like, something you're born with or is it something that like is curated by like your surroundings and i i take the position that it is something that is curated by your surroundings you know yeah so yeah interesting (laughs) and again this is from your perspective of course yes and i would also like to say um dang i forgot anyways on to the next question just out of curiosity do you believe in aliens (laughs) um I mean, not particularly. I haven't really seen a lot of information that aliens could exist. Ancient aliens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know. But at the same time, I also haven't seen enough information to tell me that aliens don't exist. Yeah, because what, what do you think when you see, like, the Great Pyramids of Egypt? Like, how was that possible? I'm, didn't people just, like, build it? That's what they say, right? But That's no true. one really knows because, dude, those bricks are huge i think they weigh two and a half tons didn't, like, and that's i believe four four thousand something pounds maybe more did they have like i don't know history so this is like completely uninformed and i haven't really <laughs> studied it either i was just you know yeah but i'm sure they either had some kind of like technology slash contraption that helped them do that like yeah. the people who built it but i don't know and it's also interesting because there's also pyramids in mexico right so, like, it's crazy that they thought of the same idea while being so separate. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like a triangle. Like, is it that, is yeah, it that, yeah. is it that crazy of an idea? But, yeah. Honestly, it would be cool if aliens did exist. But hopefully, if they do exist, they're not, like, violent or threatening. Hopefully, they, they're, like, chill and, like, want to learn. And then we can learn from them. But who knows? Yeah, that's what I wish, too. But imagine they just, like, annihilate us. Oh, my God. Dude, that be would be so sad. sad. 
So what do you look to do after you graduate from college? Mm. Do you want to do something within the queer community or that's just your identity, but you'd rather do something else? Uh, as not like to disrespect that, but like I'm just saying yeah. like you'd, you'd want to do yeah. what you majored in. Val- basically. Yeah, valid question because it is a question of like, is queerness my whole identity, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't necessarily want to, like I don't have... Me personally, I don't have an inner drive to like work in the community or like work with like non or not that I'm against working for queer nonprofits. Honestly, that does sound kind of fun, but um, I don't necessarily want to do queer related work, but at the same time, it might be necessary for me to do to surround myself in those workspaces because. Like, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to have to explain, like, my gender identity and, like, have it, like, be, like, a big thing. It's just, I don't know. It's a level of comfortability. Like, I'm totally comfortable around, like, other queer people, people who are visibly queer, versus I'm uncomfortable around. I'm less comfortable, I'd say, around straight, heteronormative people. Um, Yeah, I don't really have any career prospects, like, specifically right now, but... I could easily see myself working for like a queer nonprofit just because like it's easy to present myself the way I'd want to present in those type of contexts. But at the same time, I'm not going to limit myself to only working within the community, you know, just because like I have other interests, I have other values I want to explore too, you know? Yeah. And do you feel like uh, UCSB has developed you into this person that you're able to succeed in these fields that you want to pursue? Yeah, definitely. Um, I wouldn't say anything. UCSB did anything special to help me to get to the point where I am. I've been granted opportunities through UCSB to like help me get to like I guess the sort of career place I am right now. But um, yeah, they have provided me opportunities, and I've taken the opportunities that I wanted to take. Um, none of them necessarily being mindful about my queerness like most of this i don't know most of the classes i've taken most of like the things i've done haven't really been super queer inclusive if that makes sense not 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 that they weren't accepting of that stuff but like i said earlier it's like stuff like they still uphold heteronormative norms like the pronouns thing that type stuff yeah yeah well (laughs) i appreciate you for talking with me and thank you for allowing me to discuss these things i really hope we don't get canceled because yeah better not yeah that would really suck on the second episode but i would think it's like important to have these discussions like we said earlier and within this podcast at least me i mean i'm not like trying to denounce or promote anything it's literally just like a conversation between two people trying to further understand each other to form some sort of solidarity because the more separate we are, I mean, it just like ends in more hate towards whichever group and it doesn't even necessarily have to be within the heteronormative community versus the LGBT community. Yeah. LGBTQ plus community. It could be like a race issue too, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like having conversations with different people allows us to, to like become one you know because we are at the end of the day if you really think about it yeah, yeah totally yeah. i agree well thank you so much yeah thanks for having me of course